Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. There was a family who gathered together before the family te uh, television watching the television and a movie on Easter. Of course, they have seen that movie before. It, it was nothing new to them. But there was a little girl who was watching that movie together with her family. And she was very, very moved. And when they came to the scene of the suffering, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, she was in tears. She remained silent except for a few sobs here and there. But then it came to the part where they put the body of Jesus Christ into the tomb and sealed it. And at that, that little girl suddenly jumped up with a smile on her face. She said, now comes the good part. Now comes the good part. She knows the story. And Easter is a good part. Somebody say amen. Easter is a good part where the Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He is risen. And that is why we celebrate today. 28 years in a cave. No, I'm not talking about the body of Jesus Christ. He was in that tomb for just three days. But there was a man who lived in a cave for 28 years. His name is Shoikoi Yokoi. Shoikoi Yokoi. And he was fighting in the Japanese army near to the end of World War II. He was in the island of Guam. And he knew that the Japanese army was going to be defeated. He fled into the jungle and he hid in the cave there, not wanting to become an America, uh, a, a prisoner of America. And so when the war has ended, he continued to live in that cave. And even though he knew that the war had ended because of the many leaflets that the American army have dropped into the jungle, informing them that the war is over. But because of his fear of being caught and become a prisoner, he hid in that cave, surviving on roaches, rats, and mangoes. 28 years until finally he was found by a group of hunters who assured him that it's okay to come out of the cave, to come out of the jungle. And so he went back into the world. And by that time, after 28 years living in a cave, everything had changed. Everything had changed. He had wasted 20 years, 28 years of his life living in fear and torment. Wasted a major portion of his life not realizing that everything had changed. And brothers and sisters, this is what Easter is all about. Everything has changed. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin, He has conquered death, and He has won the battle against sin and the battle against death. 
And he's saying, you can come out of the cave now. You don't have to live in that cave anymore. Because everything has changed with the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Life is never the same again. Yes, as we look back at 2020, we know that a lot of things have changed. In the year 2020. But on Easter Day, almost 2,000 years ago, it was a day that changed everything. And we find the story in John chapter 20 and also chapter 21. He is risen, and that changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed world history. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed our destiny. The resurrection of Jesus Christ Change our future. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed everything to everything. Some of us may not realize that. Some of us may not have experienced that. But that is the truth. The resurrection of Jesus Christ turned a tragedy into triumph. And we have the victory forevermore. Somebody say, Amen. Praise the Lord. So that's what the message of the resurrection. Everything has changed. The record of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is more the proof and the evidence is more than for any other event in history. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there were 531 witnesses of the resurrection. 531 people saw Jesus Christ alive. Now that is more than enough for, to sustain the case in a court of law. In any court of law, all you need is just two or three witnesses. But here we have 531 witnesses. That's why Billy Graham says the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ is more than what we can gather about the evidence that Julius Caesar lived or that Alexander the Great died at the age of 33. There's more evidence for the Resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, even though it is scientifically unsustainable, but it is a historical fact. It is an earth-shaking, destiny-determined, and eternity-shaping truth. And although there were 531 witnesses of the resurrection, but the Gospel of John, for, the, for John, he did, not, he did not get all those testimonies. We got the testimony of Benny just now, only one person. Why Benny? Well, John, he could have chosen any of those other people. 
But in these two chapters, he focused on only four post-resurrection appearances of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because to him, the resurrection is an appearance of love. It is an appearance of real love. Jesus died on the cross out of love. Jesus rose from the dead because of love. And Jesus, in his post-resurrection appearances, appeared to individuals because of love. Let's look at these individuals. Let me just read to you verse 11 to verse 23 of chapter 20 of the Gospel of John. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. She turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know what it was, that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Two questions that God is asking us. Why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. You see, God's love changes everything. Calvary is about God's love. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is about the love of God. When Jesus rose from the dead, He changes everything. And at the root of it all is love. It is the love of God that does all these things. It is in love that He came as a baby. It is in love that He died. It is in love that He rose again from the dead. Look at these four appearances of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first one was to grieve in Mary in the text that we have read. Mary, who loved the Lord so greatly, but she was shattered with the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. She was the most faithful of all the disciples. She was the one in whom Jesus Christ had cast out seven demons. She was the one who brought the expensive alabaster box and anointed Jesus Christ. She was there when Jesus was nailed to the cross. She followed even Joseph as, as he took the body of Jesus and, and buried him even in the tomb to know where the location is. She was the first woman to be at the tomb because she wanted to anoint the body of Jesus. And when Peter and John came to look at the tomb, when she had announced to them that the body had disappeared, they left and went back home, but she remained. And she was there weeping, weeping, until Jesus Christ appeared to her. She is the first witness of the resurrection. Hey, you want a witness? In those days, women cannot be a witness because women are possessions. Two groups of people whose testimony will not bear up in court. 
the shepherds and women. And yet, God chose a woman to be the first to hear the good news that Jesus is alive. And Jesus calls her Maria. Or, most likely in Aramaic, Miriam. And the moment that Jesus calls her name, a light broke through her grieving spirit. And she knew and suddenly recognized the Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't the voice of Jesus that awakened her. It was rather Jesus calling her name, Miriam. She recognized, of course, her own name. But this was by the voice of the one that she loved so much. One word from Jesus Christ, not announcing who he is, but rather calling the name of Mary. And that, my brothers and sisters, became the announcement of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus did not suddenly appear and say, Tada, I'm alive again. No. The first word in the Gospel of John is just another name. Mary. Miriam. And her life, just one word. Just one word. That's all it was and that's all it took. But it is enough to know the love of Jesus Christ who would not leave Mary grieving. And she calls him Rabboni, which means, normally means teacher. But in this case, it is affectionate in the sense it means my dear master. My dear master. The resurrection was God calling a grieving Mary. And today, if you are grieving in your heart, for whatever reason, know that the Lord Jesus Christ rules in love and He's calling your name. God knows every one of us by name. Somebody say, Amen. Right now, where you are seated, just mention your name. Just call out your own name. It's okay. Just silently. And God is calling your name. God knows your name. Are you grieving because of the loss of somebody? Are you in such sorrow, nobody can just calm you down? Know that Jesus Christ rose from the dead to take away that sorrow, to take away that grief. Perhaps you have lost a loved one recently or some time ago. Here comes Jesus. And all he needs to say is just call your name. You will recognize him. And light will come in. He will take away all that sorrow and grief even in your heart. Then there is, we have the ten fearful disciples. They were huddling behind closed doors, as we all know. Fearful for their own lives. And they were lost. They were in chaos. Then suddenly Jesus appeared. Jesus appeared to the ten disciples. And he just spoke to them and said, 
peace be to you. Oh, the peace of God, the well-being of God, the blessings of God that comes upon the fearful disciples. Jesus appeared to them, personally showed up in that locked room. The resurrection was God loving the ten fearful disciples and assuring them of the peace once again. Are you fearful in life? Are you fearful of what is happening? Jesus speaks, Shalom. Shalom to you. For the widow who's living alone, for the divorcee wondering what the future holds, for that graduate wondering whether able to find a job or not. Oh, for all those of us who are fearful, anxious, Jesus says, peace. His love comes and love has a name. His name is Jesus. To take away our fear and to grant us the peace of God. Receive that peace even right now. Then Jesus appeared in love once again to a doubting Thomas. Thomas was not among the ten disciples when they were gathered on the first day, on the day of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But God did not forget Thomas. And God purposely, Jesus Christ purposely appeared to the disciples again. But this time, Thomas was there. Can you imagine love reaching out in that manner? He always gave us a second chance. And even though Thomas had so many doubts in his mind, he says, I will not believe until I see. And Jesus showed up. Showed him his hands. Are you doubting God? We are all different. We are in different situations. We have different questions concerning the faith. And God can handle that. In fact, it was good for Thomas. It lasted just about one week. For me, after I first heard the name of Jesus Christ, I wanted to find out, who is this Jesus? And I searched for two years. Really, searching. I mean, really, really seeking. Asking people, you know, interviewing different religious groups, different priests and missionaries about Jesus Christ. It took me two years questioning, questioning. And finally, I did not find Jesus. He found me. Hallelujah. Jesus found me in His love. He revealed Himself as He revealed Himself to a doubting Thomas. Perhaps there are some of you who are doubting. God, is this true? Is the resurrection a hoax? Or is it real? God can handle all your questions, all your doubts. Come to Him. And He will touch you by His love. And then there was stumbling Peter. Oh, I think Peter is the one who, who was hurting the most. You do not see it, maybe. Oh, but Peter was hurting deep inside. He is the one who has denied the Lord three times. 
when Jesus told him that you are going to deny me, he says, no, 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 not me. I am not going to deny you. I will die for you. Or when questioned by people, by the crowd, by the, even a maid, he says, I do not know him. I do not know. I do not know. I am not with him. And he was hurting. He know he has feel the Lord. For all those of you who have known what failure is, broken promises that you have made, that you have made to the Lord or to others, you know that your life is in a shamble, and, and, and you have failed so many times in so many ways. You have failed God. You have failed your spouse. You have failed your family. You have failed in so many areas and you think that you are going to be a failure for life. Jesus specially appeared and had breakfast with Peter. And then you have one of the closest, most intimate conversation between the two. You read it for yourself in John chapter 21. And Peter was restored. Oh, love. Love reaching out. All these post-resurrection appearances of Jesus Christ. Why? Why did Jesus linger around for 40 days before He ascended unto heaven? As far as we know, on Saturday, Jesus went to Hades to declare His public victory over all the demonic forces and the forces of Hades. That's what happened on Saturday. Only one day to declare His victory. But He spent 40 days on earth after His resurrection. Why? Not to gloat over His enemies, not to boast about His power, but because of His love. For the sake of the disciples, He appeared to each one of them as the need arises. He showed them that He is real, that He loves them. He did not come to condemn, but he, he came to change each and every one of them. So, brothers and sisters, resurrection is God loving each one of us. Whether you are grieving or fearful or doubting or you have stumbled in life, the risen Savior will call your name. The risen Savior will comfort your sorrows, calm your fears, confront your doubts, and conquer your failures. I'm sure each one of us can identify ourselves in this grouping and even many more. But Christ rose, remained with the disciples for 40 days to show love on the line. How much He loved them. And He continues to love them. He could have appeared to Pontius Pilate and declare his victory and scolded him, you lousy fellow, you approve of my crucifixion. He could have appeared to the Sanhedrin. He could have appeared to the Pharisee group. No. He did not appear to any of this group at all. Why? Because the resurrection is love reaching out to his own to the disciples who are hurting in many ways. And God, the resurrected God, oh, appeared to them in order to show His love. And they are the ones who will continue to carry His love to the ends of the world. 
It was Napoleon who said, Alexander, Charlemagne, and myself all tried to found an empire on force. And we feel Jesus Christ is building an empire on love. And today, there are millions of people who would gladly die for His sake. Amen. Because of love. Oh, it is love that has captured us. It is His love, undying, eternal love of the Lord Jesus Christ that caused Him to die on the cross, that caused Him to rise from the dead. And He's alive forevermore, building His kingdom based on love. See, God's res resurrection power also changes all things. There are two things about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His love and His power. His love and His power. I told you that I was searching for Jesus Christ. It all started when I picked up a book. I did not know that it was a Christian book. But I read in that verse there, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So I was curious, who is this Jesus? And my search was initiated because what I wanted from Jesus was power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And I began to ask, who is this Jesus who can help me to do all things? I've been a devout Buddhist for many years. Good teachings. But I find one thing missing is no power. How do I live that kind of a life? Religious in every way, but I have no power. So in a way, my search for Jesus was a selfish search. I wanted power to live. I searched and searched for two years. Couldn't find this Jesus. No Christian friend to talk to. And finally, January 20, on, on January the 2nd, 1975, I heard a voice. Now, it's not an audible voice, but in my spirit. Somehow God communicated to me and just say, go to church. Three simple words, go to church. You want to find Christ, where do you go to? Of course, go to church. It never occurred in my mind. And one day, 26th of January, 1975, I entered into the church. And the moment I entered in, the service was almost over. But I felt the love of God. I felt the love of God. Tears began to trickle down my eyes. I couldn't explain it. And I went up to the front before the preacher can even give an altar call and say, Preacher, I want Jesus. And I accepted Jesus Christ that night. See, I was looking for power, a powerful God, but it was love that melted my heart. But with that also comes the power of God. God's power can change your life. God's power can make you into a powerful witness. You know who's the first evangelist in the Bible? Again, it was Mary. Mary was the first witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus commanded, told her, go to my brothers and tell them. 
and Mary just went. And the first words that she said to them is, I have seen the Lord. That's her testimony. That's her witness. And later on, the disciples preach the gospel everywhere. Praise God. Yes, all of us may not have the same testimony as Mary or as Benny or as, as, as others, but each one of us have a testimony that we have encountered the Lord and He has changed our life. And God has come to give us power for living. It is not just the love of God filling our hearts, but the power of God so that we can experience victory in life over sin, over death, over diseases. You don't have to become a victim of death, disease, despair, disappointment. But the power of God can work in your life to change you and to transform you forever. My time is up, but let me just close with this testimony. Some of you have read about Augustine in his book, Confessions. One day, he was walking down the road in Milan, Italy. And as he was walking down the road, there was a prostitute whom he had known intimately before, calling him. But he kept on walking and disregarded her. And she caught up with him and said, Augustine, it is I. She wanted the same kind of relationship again. But Augustine wouldn't even look at her. He had committed his life to Jesus Christ. He wouldn't even look at her. When she said, Augustine, it is I. He just walked, continued walking fast and he said, yes, but it is no longer I. It is no longer I. It is not the same Augustine who used to live a free, immoral life with prostitutes. But now he says, it's no longer I. My life has been changed. My life has been transformed. Everything is different now. And that's the power of Christ for each one of us to live for Him. Somebody say, Amen. Now, we may not, we, we, we are still works in progress. It doesn't mean that we become saints automatically, but we have power for living. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have to surrender to sin and to temptation. You can have victory over all of this by the power of the living Savior. But we have to focus on the resurrection of Jesus. As John Calvin says, the cross of Christ only triumphs in the breast of believers over the devil and the flesh, sin and sinners, when their eyes are directed to the power of His resurrection. Paul says, I don't want to know anything among you except Christ and Him crucified. And he also said, I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. The power of His res resurrection. Brothers and sisters, it's not just for 2,000 years ago, but it is for each and every one of us in order that we may live a victorious life. Yes, He is risen, but it is not just because of the empty tomb. It is not just the empty grave. We may believe in the empty 
cross. We may believe in the empty tomb, and yet we may still find, hey, I still don't have the power that you're talking about. It's not just believing, but rather it's a relationship that we have with this Jesus who is alive. With this Jesus whom Mary said, I have seen the Lord. I have experienced His love, His forgiveness, His power over my life. And so, brothers and sisters, you can encounter the living Savior today, the resurrected Lord. It is a relationship with Him. It's not just believing in a doctrine, the empty tomb and the cross, but rather relating to this resurrected Savior who loves you so much, who now comes to you in love and calls out your name. Will you respond to Him? Let's pray.